Hey there, welcome to Rave Culture Cast, a podcast dedicated to fans of EDM and music festival culture. My name is Emma Capotis, a festival fanatic and dance music enthusiast who turned my passion for raving into an online career working with some of the biggest names in the industry. Festival tips, advice, hot topics, industry news, music, and more are all discussed here. Think of me as your unofficial rave mom here to help you navigate the EDM community and festival world. Tune in every Wednesday for your weekly dose of peace, love, unity, and respect. All right, guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast. Today's guest is somebody whose work I am very fond of. Uh, We've got Liz Haggerty here, a TikTok creator and strategist um, who also creates a lot of content around the festival industry. So I found Liz through her TikTok page. Um, She offers a ton of great uh, tips and advice and also shows a lot of behind the scenes of what it's like to work on a festival media team. So we are going to dive into all of that content um, and conversation today. So welcome to the podcast, Liz. How's it going? Thanks for having me. It's going great. Awesome. Where are you joining us from today? I am in Los Angeles. Nice. Are you born and raised? Oh, I actually, I grew up in Massachusetts and I came out to California for school um, about 10 years ago. Uh, I went to UC Berkeley and love California. California is my home now. Nice. That's amazing. I need to get out there more. I'm sure we can dive into a little bit of like LA culture as well, kind of like around this industry, but I just wanted to ask you right off the bat, like how has your January been so far? Like how is the year looking? Is this quiet time for you or are you still doing events right now? Yeah. January is pretty quiet music industry wise. Um, Everything kind of shuts down, you know, around Mm -hmm. the holidays and then picking back up. So it's a ton of like conversations, pitching people, Mm -hmm. um, planning for the year. Uh, before you get into festival season in February. Do you, what, if you could go back, I don't know if you counted, but how many event or how many festivals did you do last year? I think I count, I did 20. um, Oh my God. I worked at, yeah, for festivals (laughs) or the artists. Yeah. Holy shit. That's probably the most I've ever heard. I did seven last year. I thought that was a lot. (laughs) That's So are we topping that over this year or is that probably like around where you're going to be? Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I'm definitely looking forward to doing more work in LA, working more like mm-hmm. one-on-one with artists. Um, okay, cool. cause traveling, it, it is hard to that traveling that much. Right. But right, right. I, yeah. there's nothing that beats like doing these festivals. It's, it's amazing. And you guys have, I mean, I've talked about this before too, just like the exposure out there and like the events, obviously there's a ton of insomniac events in California. So it's nice that you have like the option to do like, as many events as possible, but I, I kind of want to get into your story a little bit and kind of talk about how we got here, but what did you originally go to school for? Was it involved in music at all or completely different? I was completely different. I, I actually studied computer science and gender and women's studies. Um, wow. okay, cool. and, <laughs> uh, so then I was a software engineer following school for five years, um, oh, lived up in San Francisco, um, yeah, I actually worked at the same company for six years, like interned through um, when I quit my job last, not that it's been a year and a half since I quit okay. my tech job. Wow. Um, Good yeah. for you. That's fucking awesome. Thanks. I love to hear that. So did you, cause I know you have an interest in photography and you're, you've been doing like social media and stuff. So did that just kind of like naturally happen and you were teaching yourself on the side or like, how did that enter the picture? 
it was kind of actually always the plan. Like I started my software like career knowing I wanted to quit around 27 um, okay. to do art. Like I've always been interested mm-hmm. in art. Um, I started doing photography when I was 12 at summer camp. Um, okay. So over half my life, I've considered myself an artist in some way. Right. Um, and I always hoped that I'd be able to work in the intersection of art and the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I quit my job without much of a plan um, okay. in how that would happen. I think when I quit my job, I had um, like a few hundred uh, or maybe a few thousand uh, yeah. TikTok followers. Like I wasn't anywhere mm-hmm. <laughs> in this path. Right. Um, but it kind of picked up pretty quickly. And now I'm That's here. Crazy. What made you take the leap of faith? Was Did you have like an, an opportunity lined up or did, did you just like, no, like you just want a change of career? Yeah, I wanted a change of career. I I think that um, if you have the luxury to, mm-hmm. um, like like I did, you know, working in software, having really stable like financial security for my early twenties, mm-hmm. being able to just kind of say that I want to do art and I think this is the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been living in LA for a year and a half at that point during the pandemic. You know, everything went remote. Right. I decided to leave San Francisco. I was like. I think I should live somewhere with more space and better weather. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair enough. So yep. I came down to Southern California and I just was, I lived with um, one of my best friends. He's uh, like a, a bass music producer, um, cool. which is, is now like so exciting that when I'm working um, mm-hmm. at the time, like he, he wasn't playing like, <clears throat> you know, these big circuits that now I'm right. working and now I see him playing these stages. Oh, um, that's awesome. But I moved in with him and a few other people that are all like music industry adjacent. And I was just, I was still doing software, but living with people and seeing what it was like for them to be a full-time artist. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, I want that. Like, I, right. I think I can do it and I really want it. Damn. That's awesome. I love to hear that. Cause it's, I'm going to say this like a bunch of times probably on this episode, but to me, I've seen firsthand, like how social media can change your life and even like your side hustles and like like passion projects and things like that have can lead to so many opportunities. Like I had zero connections and no experience in the music industry, anything like that, but you can just make it happen yourself. So for you to like intuitively follow that and know that it was the right decision for you at the time, I think probably just like led to so many other doors opening. Like you kind of just like set yourself on that path. And then like all these manifestations started coming in because you made that decision. So that's super, I'm proud of you. That's so exciting. Thank you. I, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So many people that like knew me, I was talking about this when I was 21. I was like, I'm going to be an artist okay. someday. Like I'm going to like leave back <laughs> and um, I, I could see myself going back to be doing software at some point. It was an amazing career. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think if, if you're that passionate about doing something else and you have the like mm-hmm. you, you can do it, like you should do it. I think that um, being able to do art is is a really meaningful way to spend your time. Yeah. So did you, like when when that decision happened, what direction did you go? And like, what were some of the first clients you got or jobs that you got? Was it more social media related or was it music related as well? So I was doing a lot of photography at that time. Um, how I got all of my original TikTok followers was off of my own photography content. Um, okay. either I would do, um, you know, Photoshop tutorials, I would do self-portrait shoots and then like, you know, the behind the scenes and then show all mm. the clips, like the final images. Okay. Um, and I do these like surreal trippy type of edits mm-hmm. that were really popular on TikTok at the time. Cool. Um, so I started like 
you know, going viral pretty like consistently. Um, and then that led to such an influx of people wanting to hire me in LA to do photo shoots. Um, awesome. like I was like overwhelmed <laughs> by the amount of DMs, like, and that is, it is like the power of TikTok, the power of social media mm-hmm. is like, you don't need to go pitching yourself to anyone. Like people just come to you. Right. Right. That's so crazy. Yeah. You just attracted them by like the style and aesthetic that you had. Yeah. Damn. Um, and I, and I liked doing that. Um, but I knew that doing photography was not like just being, there's no just like just mm-hmm. doing that is an amazing career and like art style. And I love it. And I still want mm-hmm. to do some of it this year. It just wasn't where I wanted to be. Okay. Um, and I didn't know exactly like what was next, but I was like, I need to like shift things up. Like I had been a few months out. Um, this was now like December after I quit my job in August. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided to move out of LA. I decided to put all my things in storage. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, at this point I had done one festival doing TikTok, okay. um, which I kind of got, um, you know, right timing, right place. Sure. An opportunity. Um, cool. But it wasn't like a given that like the next year, any of those opportunities would be like happening solidified again. that I'd be doing that all of the next year. Right. 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 Um, but I kind of then, yeah, it was just like, I think I need to like shake up everything mm-hmm. and just see how the cards fall. Yeah. Damn. Okay, cool. And so with that event, like did you know, I guess my just background on it, were you going to festivals? Did you, were you into dance music? Is it something that like came, you've been interested in for a while? Like what's the whole story with that? Yes. I'm a huge dance music fan. Um, yeah. A, yeah. I absolutely love festivals. Um, I started going to festivals when I came out to California for college. Um, my first mm-hmm. one was outside lands, um, after my freshman year of college. Nice. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I had never listened to electronic music before coming to college. Um, mm-hmm. There wasn't much, many people listening to that in Massachusetts. Right, um, right. But out here and in the Bay um, was such a great place to, to like be introduced to all of that. Um, but yeah, I love, like all the music I've always listened to has always been mostly electronic and has been most of the stuff I've attended. I was, a, mm-hmm. there's so many pictures of me attending all of these raves before I ever worked any of them. That's awesome. So when, when you got hired by the festival to do TikTok, cause I, I want to dive into like your creative process and all of that, but I guess like, what did they actually hire you to do? And then, um, kind of like, what did you learn from that first opportunity? So the first festival I did was EDC Orlando in this was 2021 it was the first mm-hmm. uh, EDC Orlando back it didn't and what's funny about that is it was right after EDC Vegas like they were like three weeks apart because like mm-hmm. yeah Vegas yep. had been moved to October that year right um, so that was an incredible weekend it was like we got um in like the three days of like just the content posted during those three days we got like 12 million total views on the TikTok content. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> um, and it was just such like the, uh, it was so exciting because people hadn't seen festival content on TikTok. Like everyone mm-hmm. had joined TikTok through the pandemic. Right. Um, and then these were like the first big festivals back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And were they, I mean, I know like it's totally whatever you're comfortable disclosing and stuff like that, but was your job solely 
TikTok, like just running around the festival, capturing content? And then are you just doing all of your editing on site? Like what does a day in the life look like at EDC Orlando? Yeah. So everything, yeah, I'm going around filming everything on my phone and editing everything on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, the first festival, I, I have a, you know, a background doing more yeah, photo video. So mm-hmm. I was editing some stuff on Premiere, but the girl that I was um, working with that weekend, mm-hmm. there was two of us doing the TikTok content. She is a pro TikTok, a big TikToker. Okay. Um, so talented. And I would just see her, like how quickly she could edit on her phone. She just showed me how to do it. And once you realize how quick it is, like you can literally film something, mm-hmm. do it on your phone, just edit everything five minutes and post it. It's like almost in real time. Something can sure. go up. Yeah. That's so true. Are you using, cause I just started using it. I know I'm like so fucking slow to this, but I just started like, I'll still edit in TikTok, but I use cap cap cut a lot now. Do you yeah. use that? Cap cut is what I, yeah. Always I use everyone. It's made by it's made by Byte Dance, the same company as TikTok. Not everyone knows that. Mm, okay, um, but that's why it works so well. It has like the fonts, um, everything and it's like you need. Made yeah. to tie into it. It's it's made to help you and make everything easier. Okay, gosh. Okay, yeah, I know because I'm like, there's just so many settings and like fucking effects and like all this stuff, and I'm like, okay, I need just need to spend time doing it more because I feel like I'm gonna just I've already started getting in the habit of editing more in CapCut, and I just want to like be able to have just higher quality video production. So we'll, we'll have to chat. Yeah, once you, <laughs> tips once on you that. realize all of the functionality it has, like it's amazing. Like there, you can do keyframes, you can do all these like velocity graphs, like mm-hmm. so much stuff that you could only ever do on a professional, like expensive software you for sure on this for free. Yeah. I and then the, the desktop version too. Yeah, exactly. I, I got to dive into that more, but okay, cool. So you have this experience at EDC Orlando. What happens after that? Like you go back home now we're in November, 2021. Are you still like, is your mindset now? Like, I really want to do more festivals. Or are you still kind of like open to different freelancing opportunities? Yeah, I, I was still figuring it out. Um, during this time when I was on, on TikTok, I was calling this a creative gap year. Okay. Um, like I was really meaning for this year after me quitting my job to just be exploring things and like, poor me, like work opportunities just kept on presenting themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, this is more of like a working year and less of a gap year. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of why I decided to move out of LA and was like, okay, like, I don't want to be, um, I don't want other people kind of making these decisions for me. I like want to make them for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and what I feel like actually authentically like called to do sure. um so yeah around that time is when I yeah decided to um I went to Mexico for the first two months of uh oh, nice. 2022 okay. which was actually not the best experience for me personally right. oh, no. but I <laughs> I I think it, it was the very much the like I said before is like throw all the cards up and just see where they fall sure sure um and I think that like I've don't regret how anything went because now mm-hmm. I'm where I am now. Right. A year later. And so happy. It was an experience. Back in LA. <laughs> and it's great. Yeah. Oh, awesome. No, you got to have those experience. I mean, it's good. You at least like you tried a lot of things, which is again, like it's going to open you to more people, more experiences. Like there's so much about networking in this industry and, and all this time you're posting on your own TikTok and everything, which we could chat a little bit about that. So what was kind of like your strategy for your own personal account and how did you grow that? So after you 
did like a lot of your photography edits and things like that? Like, how are you approaching your own TikTok? I, I feel like I'm actually pretty hard on myself about um, how I think of my own TikTok because mm-hmm. in my mind, I like, I'm like, oh, I never post. Like, I don't, I, I don't yeah. like do all the content ideas that I want to do. And then I look back at what I've done and I'm like so impressed. Right. Um, it's that like always that disconnect where mm-hmm. you're like in the day, I feel like I'm a failure, but then I look back over the last year and I'm like, <laughs> how could you ever feel that way? It was dope shit. I, I know you're your own worst critic for sure. <laughs> you, you put out um, so much fun content because you do a lot of like tips and advice, which I've always found helpful. And I, for, uh, I wish I remember the exact video. I'm pretty sure I found you through like it was either like a day in my life working a festival or it was like basically like a vlog of you like behind the scenes working. I don't know if it was like hard summer or something like that, but that's how I found your content. And for me kind of like doing this similar thing, I was just like, yes, I love when I find other people who freelance in the festival industry or like I get to see a different side of things because I find like obviously the social media side of things so fascinating. So that's how I found you. And I'm sure you've connected probably with so many people and obviously had job opportunities come through from TikTok too. Well, yeah. And it's, it's so, I like love the fact that I, I do my own TikTok in this way. And it's so great at mm-hmm. festivals. Like sometimes I'll run into people and people will recognize me and it's such yeah. like a, it's such like a wholesome interaction mm-hmm. um, because like they, I like that side that they know of me. I like, and it mm-hmm. is more like kind of personal. Um, yeah. And like, because someone's seen that content, like the for you page is so curated for you. Like if my content's mm-hmm. coming across your page, like I also know stuff about you. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. You're finding your, yeah. fi- it's helping you find your people. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. And then I'm always like, wait, can I put you in a TikTok? And they're like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, now wait. at a festival, you see me, I'm like, come over. I'll put you into TikTok. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, okay. So you said in the beginning, you ended up doing 20 festivals throughout the rest of the year. So I, I kind of want to know a little bit about your creative process. Cause I'm sure for other people listening who might want to get into this industry or like also want to do social media, what, what is your creative process? Like you get booked for a festival. They say, we want you to come create TikToks. Like what happens then? How do you approach the festival weekend? What kind of game plan do you have? Tell us your, your whole thing. Yeah. So every, every festival, every account is so unique. Um, mm-hmm. And also every time it's like a new weekend, TikTok's different. There's like, there's new things that are trending, True. not just sounds, but actually like video styles and like language. And like, mm-hmm. um, it's all about like, I, I, I always say TikTok is such energy and it's kind of like, there's like inside jokes and layers to stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the process is, is watching TikTok. Um, right. I, 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 whenever I pitch, um, artists, uh, managers specifically I always say this and they love it I say um I will watch thousands of TikToks so you don't have to mm-hmm. yep perfect <laughs> it's act you're like actively actively browsing you're doing your work while you're sucked into like TikTok yeah um and I've had to like you know give myself days off of watching videos and all that mm-hmm. just to like cleanse um yeah because I think if you if you are so too much of a consumer without creating mm-hmm. um it stifles creativity you can you can have an overload of other people's um input sure yep um but yeah when I'm watching I'm always saving things into folders I I like save the favorites folders I have like 50 folders on in my personal TikTok yeah um and I'm saving audios and I'll save them so basically before a festival 
um, I'll look at the lineup. I'll look at the set times. Um, I'll go back through saved audios. What I've, if I've saved anything into notes, basically mm -hmm. compile a list of, um, songs, a list of like, like mm -hmm. different, like lip sync, like audios that could be like a funny thing over mm -hmm. a random clip, like, and then I'll think of ideas for different artists, you know, I'll, I'll evaluate, do any of these artists have music that's trending right now on TikTok? Mm -hmm. um, are any of them on TikTok that they're more likely to do a TikTok with me? Right. Um, which fun, like how, who could we all get like in a group thing together? We're like, um, mm -hmm. like a crossover episode of all these artists all in one. Uh, those one are my TikTok. favorite. I love when you do those. <laughs> Thanks. I love them too. <laughs> yeah. Those are so um, fun. Cause you've done some of the ones too, where I think I'm pretty sure this was you. I know, um, like Ella stream, I think you've shot with before, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like he's a fun character on camera. Yeah. He he's amazing. Um, and he, he like really embraces TikTok and like, mm -hmm. is just he's so with it. <laughs> yeah. He was great. And then I I've seen like the ones, like I was going to ask you like how, how easy is it to work with the artists? Like, are you pitching it to their managers and then you just have to find a time where you can shoot with them or, you know, are some of them difficult to work with? Like, what's that like? So for, for major festivals, when I'm working for the festival, um, we definitely go through artist relations initially, mm -hmm. um, trying like giving people heads up that we'd be interested. Um, but then on site, it's, it's, this is even like, just goes beyond just artists. It's sure. like, you can do all this planning and I do extensive planning. Like, you know, mm -hmm. before some of the, the biggest ones, I'll do 20 hours of prep. Um, but then you go on site and like, all of that can be thrown out the window. Cause like yep. either you find something better, like you should always be like, you know, eyes up in the crowd. Like you never know where the best moment is. Sure. Um, and then also I'll be, you know, backstage doing a TikTok with one artist and then another person will come by and be like, wait, can I be in it? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure yeah. Jump in. Oh, that's um, so funny. So you just have to kind of like roll with it. Um, and it's time management is really the, the thing. And just always being like, okay, wait, I have to be all the way across the festival in like 30 mm -hmm. minutes. Like <laughs> how, how do I do this? When do I have to leave? navigate through the crowd it's it's a lot yeah. stressful for sure <laughs> I feel I feel you and it's not even pain I was saying I feel your pain it's not pain it's an exciting job like I feel the struggle because it's yeah it's equal parts like I think you did a TikTok recently where you said I I plan all this shit and like 50% of it even happens which like I think anybody could say that going to a festival you have like all these sets planned that you're gonna go see and then like shit hits the fan and it doesn't happen but it's equal parts like going with the flow and capturing cool moments and seeing what happens and then being prepared just so you have creative ideas, like ready to go and things like that. And do you remember any TikToks in particular that were really successful or any that just like absolutely popped off and you were just really excited about the idea? Hmm. I mean, I think that it's, it's been just like an evolution. The cool thing about mm -hmm. There's so much cool stuff about TikTok. I, yeah. I think that it is just amazing the reach you can get. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the the best TikToks, maybe my favorite TikToks, aren't necessarily the ones that got the most views, but right. I think the ones that get the most views are so cool within themselves because it's like a moment on the internet that mm -hmm. like <laughs> get to play a part in, you know? Yeah. Um, like that was like from the original EDC Orlando. Um, the most like viral video we had is at, like six and a half million views of um 
it was when Subtronics brought out a craze for his Do It To It remix. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was just like posting that video and then like seeing the numbers, just like, that was like my second day ever doing TikTok professionally. Wow. Um, <laughs> and like seeing yes, the numbers go up and be like, oh my God, like <laughs> this feels yeah. like a video game, but you're playing it in real life. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's so cool. It's so interesting though. I want to, I kind of want to pick your brain just about TikTok in general. Like, do you think, I'm sure there's so many factors that play into them becoming successful. Do you think now that there is sort of like um, a strategy, I guess, to make something go viral? Or do you think it just happens to be like timing or a trend or a sound you use? Like, I don't, I don't know. Do you feel at this point that there is a, a way to get there? Yeah, for sure. But not in the way that people like think. Mm -hmm. I think that like people sometimes have it flipped where they like think the like they're like the algorithm, the algorithm, this, and like mm -hmm. the algorithm is just people also. It's like, right. what do people like, it's not just a sound gets pushed. It's that people are used to that sound. They recognize it immediately and they finish watching the video. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. So there's things that you can like, um, when you use sounds that people are already used to hearing and are mm -hmm. enjoying that can just like guarantee you like double the views basically on any right. piece of content. Sure. Um, so that's like in defense of trending sounds. Mm -hmm. um, but good content, it's in TikTok's best interest to push it out. If people mm -hmm. are watching your content, it's going to go further. It might sometimes take a week longer. Mm -hmm. um, right. But yeah, I think that like, it's always just focus on such as like an energy thing. You kind of have mm -hmm. to like play with TikTok enough, like do enough of like um, engaging in the language of TikTok, the trends of TikTok, like mm -hmm. do making content that's relevant. And then the other half is putting out content that is like energetically authentic, mm -hmm. like, and more unique novel sure. for you, not just copying others. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Because I think, I mean, I I'm currently I wouldn't say like discouraged with it I, I, I'm like a love-hate relationship with TikTok but I feel like um for people who do get discouraged when it seems like everything can be up to like their algorithm like some months I know you see people say like oh views are really really high for everyone right now or views are really low for everyone right now like it can get discouraging and I've always told myself kind of what you just said like it doesn't matter to me either way I'm just going to keep being consistent and keep focusing on the content I enjoy creating because you just never know and I just try not to get discouraged by numbers but any any kind of well, like tips or advice there are macro trends that happen that people like that you can't be seeing in a caption or in trending sounds but like I've seen it working on different festivals at different times like festival content as a concept trends mm -hmm. and right. then it sinks and it doesn't mean if that's all the content you're making like I've just seen it festival festival I don't think that it's the content is worse but sometimes mm -hmm. when a bunch of festivals are all happening at the same time it pushes them all up right and other times that just isn't true mm -hmm. that makes sense um, yeah. like I've seen this the first time I saw this happen on TikTok was after the first New York fashion week back uh, like out like maybe 2021 mm -hmm. early 2022 a ton of fashion especially more alternative fashion um content creators were getting 
massive views, like millions, mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands. And a few months, I followed several of them. You know, that was the big discovery phase. That was where everyone was introduced mm-hmm. to these people. They'd never seen people like this on their feed before. Right. And, you know, I followed some of them and months later, a lot of them were saying, oh, like I'm shadow banned. I don't get views. And in my, like their views were, I think back down to actually the non-inflated levels, like actually like right. it kind of settles out. And like, then you're left with like the actual number of audience for that type of content. Mm, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. 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 Yeah. Cause it's interesting to see how much it's changed even from like 2020. Cause I'm sure a lot of us got, that's when I obviously during the p- pandemic is when I downloaded TikTok and was just like, had so much influx of like rave creators. And it was just such a time. Like I look back on those videos. I'm like, that was just a, a moment in time. I don't make those videos anymore, but like there was a community and we needed it because we didn't have shows and we found our people to connect with. And it was like a whole boom. And and now it's a completely different platform. And I don't know, I personally saw a ton of growth very early on. And I would say within the last year and a half has been like super, super slow, but steady. And I just don't, I don't let it bother me or anything like that, but I don't know. There's, there's other platforms to focus on as well. I did want to ask you about that. Like, do you think EDM and festival content is treated fairly across all platforms or, you know, have you dabbled in like Instagram, YouTube, anything like that? Yes. Um, I think that, I mean, the internet has just shifted, um, Mm -hmm. you know, post pandemic kind of world post 2020, um, in this, like, uh, there's a lot, you know, people complain about short form content, this videos, Mm -hmm. all that. Um, but it's, I think that like an interesting way to talk about how things have shifted is that people just use platforms differently. Like TikTok Mm -hmm. is the new Instagram. Like I think what Instagram used to be in like the early, like, you know, more when I was in college, like you saw these people blow up these different photography accounts, influencer accounts, be able to grow Mm -hmm. to these massive scales. And that's what we had on TikTok for a while. Instagram is the new website. Or mm-hmm. I also refer to it as LinkedIn for creatives. Yeah, <laughs> very true. It's where you have your portfolio. Um, and it's where you like people that are more actually fans for you go. Mm-hmm. People do get discovered. Like you can really grow on Instagram still. Um, but it's TikTok, if you want to be hitting main numbers and trying to bring people in, like that's kind of the platform for that. Right. I think that I've been really watching YouTube a lot, like watching it as in trying to pay attention to how people are using it as a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it is underutilized by the EDM festival mm-hmm. uh, industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, for this next year, something we're going to be seeing is short form content fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if people are already feeling that. Maybe I'm just preemptively feeling it because are. I yeah. <laughs> do a lot of short form content. Sure. Um, but I think that in the way that like TikTok, you know, has just always been, it feeds you new people every day. Like mm-hmm. your for you page is for you. It is, I think that's so magical about it. Right. Um, that it is an interest-based platform as a creator, I see the frustration where we're used to follower-based platforms um, mm-hmm. and where people 
say like, I want to see you and your content and that's your whole feed. Mm -hmm. But we've run into this issue now where people have had Instagram accounts for 10 plus years and the people they followed, they're not really interested anymore. Right. So Mm -hmm. the beauty of TikTok is that your feed evolves with you. It's amazing. Like I won't Mm -hmm. even realize that I've like changed my interest in something. And then I'll just be like, I haven't seen content about that in a while. Yeah. Very like true. I go through waves with like spirituality. Um, I was really mm-hmm. into like witch talk originally on TikTok. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I'll realize I haven't seen any of those videos for months. And then I'll kind of go through waves where, you know, I start like listening to more Alan Watts and all that. And it slowly mm-hmm. like comes back into my feed. Um, I think that's so cool. Yeah. It's very reflective. I totally agree. I'm, I'm going through that right now because I've been getting like more into beauty content, which is why I start like I long time ago, like started with the beauty Instagram and like makeup will always be a passion for mine. And now my entire feed is like tarot card readers. Cause that's my obsession and me- makeup. And I actually have not been getting, I still get rave content and festival content, but not as much. And I actually noticed it this past week. I was like, bitch, you're con- your for you page is all fucking makeup. Now <laughs> you've officially changed yeah. your like feed, which is not a bad thing, but it now I'm just seeing like how many beauty creators are on TikTok. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I totally did not realize what was going on here. Um, so I agree with you. It is interesting to see how much your for you page can just shift just by like watching a couple different things. It's crazy. Yeah. So back to closing mm-hmm. loop on the YouTube thought that I had started yeah. before for the tangent. Um, is that I think people will seek out more longer form content. Like this, mm-hmm. what we're doing right now is yeah. a perfect example of that. Um, from the people that have become like these new characters in their lives where, you know, basically sometimes seeing a TikTok is kind of like seeing a trailer for mm-hmm. someone or like a snippet of like an episode in someone's life. Um, and as we get this short form content fatigue, like I think people will be like, let me watch like a full episode. Like, let me go mm-hmm. just sit down with these 12 people. Like, or like, I'm going to go check out on this like array of people that are the ones that I actually have formed more of a, you know, interest mm-hmm. in over these shorter snippets. Yeah, no, I agree. With you. It, it is interesting. I know like a lot of TikTokers who are, are still big and that's still their main platform have YouTube channels as well. I'm surprised Alex Earl hasn't started. I mean, maybe she has a YouTube channel, but I'm sure that's coming next just because I mean, for those types of people, there's so many monetization opportunities with YouTube, but also it's just another avenue to have your content on. But I, I will attest to this. And I have a lot of friends who are also YouTubers. We are a small community. I completely agree. Like I weigh out, I think the numbers on Instagram and TikTok are crazy, crazy high compared to like festival YouTubers. But I've seen like, I have the most loyal subscribers and like genuine relationships because I've been on YouTube for almost six years. And I don't think TikTokers have that same relationship with their subscribers or some, some might, but I, I think people just get to know you so well from long form content over the years. Cause you share your life so much more. So for me, I've always been like, you guys are missing out on like such deep well, relationships. Artists, like the artists that are doing it mm-hmm. are so ahead. Um, yeah. like, and, and that, that won't be realized for maybe another year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but the artists that are putting out that like longer form content, are building up not only like the audience, because maybe it is still smaller, but they're mm-hmm. building up like the skill set and the ability, like when that shift does happen, that that yeah. is, I think it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the people that, um, I mean, there's people that still haven't even embraced TikTok, haven't even gotten on the short form video. Oh my God, I know, yeah. With long form video. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I think people will hopefully, I mean, even with like f- going back to festivals too, how do you feel about just festival music festivals accounts in general, like Instagram, TikTok? I know you mentioned like somebody tapping into your skills or working with content creators or influencers is like probably a big step. I've said this for years, like when are they, when are music festivals finally going to start to recognize content creators as media? Cause I would apply for years and always get rejected because I wasn't like a publication or media. And now, you know, as of 2021, I'm able to work media, which is awesome. But do you think more music festivals will be embracing this kind of marketing on their accounts? I think they should. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's interesting, you know, seeing, I think an an interesting position, part about my position Mm -hmm. is that I'm so close to the numbers. And I think that's, you know, any content creator is like that. Like Mm -hmm. you're, you're, I look at all the data and the numbers are right there. You see how videos perform, you see the trends, like, um, and any content that's made for TikTok, Mm -hmm. um, usually does better on Instagram. Um, Mm-hmm. I've seen this for almost every festival and artist I've worked for that when they post this like and it's hard to describe like the difference but I think people when they say mm-hmm. short form video like they kind of group it's to them it's anything that could be in a nine by 16 right right um but there's like a unique subset that um that everyone likes to refer to as just like content and not like real mm-hmm. art yeah <laughs> yeah but I think it's missing like the point of it and the real essence to me is that these feel like they're already part of a conversation happening that's kind of you know things that do in trends mm-hmm. or they really show off the experience and they don't feel like an ad they are entertaining they're novel they're clever mm-hmm. um it's fun it's enjoyable to watch like that yeah. is to me what short form video tiktok first is mm-hmm. and i think that a lot of people in the music industry like across the board um are still just very set on how media has been done um for Instagram Mm -hmm. for the past like five ten years however long um which has always been kind of like a we want to and this in the brands too we want to curate this like you know level of polish this level of um quality Mm -hmm. um and the videos are beautiful very well Mm -hmm. edited very talented people making all of these videos um but I don't find them I I don't know what the point is beyond being an ad right 100% yep you nailed it (laughs) well there's personality to TikTok even the stuff that you've worked on like you can tell how well you know the platform and you know the audience will enjoy it more because it has personality or it's you did some great videos like showing off the fans festival fashion or like doing a funny skit or something like that which appeals more to the audience and it shows more of a picture of like what's actually going on at the event then which you know festival photography is beautiful the edits and recaps they do are all beautiful but to your point that doesn't tell like the full picture of what's actually happening and it's not capturing the full essence of the audience either totally and that's Mm -hmm. I think it's it's just a it's a slight mindset shift in in that like Mm -hmm. delivering value 
and realizing if you don't make something like an ad, it's almost like a better ad. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, um, yeah. but it, and it's like, what my advice for like a lot of artists is like, if you still want to hire, um, like a professional videographer, like having that DSLR high quality footage is so important. Like you should mm-hmm. absolutely do that. And you want those more recap things to run ads, but maybe instead of doing a recap video, like the traditional EDM style, do it as a blog where mm-hmm. there's more, you're using like the actual real audio from the show. You're, you know, there's some conversation part in it where yeah. people get to more come with you rather than, we all know what a rave looks like. Like we all know mm-hmm. what a festival looks like. Um, I mean, you look back on the original like recap videos from like 2012, like ultra, I, um, those got like, you know, millions and millions of views, like yeah, crazy, crazy numbers because no one had ever seen that stuff before. It was new. It was novel, mm-hmm. but we've all, we, we all know what a, like a crowd looks like. Yeah. You know, hype up, that. hype up video. Yeah, 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 exactly. I know. Well, it is, I mean, it, I'm excited to see what happens this year. And before I let you go, a couple more questions here, just like what, what trends and stuff you're seeing in 2023, but I have seen, like I got to work with Electric Forest last, last year and their creator program, which was new. It was the first time they did it and they had all types of media, which was cool. So like they hired photographers, they hired videographers, they had one podcast host. And then I was part of like the content creator influencer people. I think there was like five of us and they're just an amazing, Forest HQ is amazing. They were like, you have creative freedom, like here are themes and things, but like, we just want you to go in the forest and like capture whatever is best for you guys. And you tell that story and like, let the forest kind of guide you. And it was so fucking incredible. Cause I did vlogs and I did re- like, yeah. I ended up like telling all my, my different stories, but I was like, if only other, you know, organizations or festivals kind of like had programs like this, because again, now we get to go out and do our job and tell, you know, the story, which I, I also agree with you. I think more people, not that I'm trying to sell a festival. I'm just trying to capture my experience, but people are going to relate to it more and be like, wow, that looked fucking amazing. I want to go to this festival now versus yeah. Like the hype up after movies, which serve a purpose, but they're not the end all be all. (laughs) Totally. I think it's, it's the pendulum just swings, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and right, right now we're, we're in a time where like, I think, I think there's also a misconception where people are like, oh, now just people want to see iPhone footage. And it's like, no, no, you can still do mm-hmm. like these really high quality, shoot it on a red, shoot it on a DSLR. Yeah. Um, it's just a different editing style, a different pacing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, I, I'd say like the, the main rule, if I could give like an advice to mm-hmm. anyone trying to create media is when possible, never edit to a song, just like a normal song that is not trending um, you should use the live audio just like, or like a version of it being played out. Mm. People respond so much better to that. Interesting. Um, or okay. do a song that people have already in their, in their ear. It is like immediately, that's like the number one tell of something being an ad is okay. if the music isn't from mm-hmm. the experience or something people are going to know is already part of the cultural conversation. God. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. So either a trending sound or like the actual audio from the clip you recorded at the show. So one thing when I'm doing, I, I do set edits, like, you know, all, mm-hmm. a lot of sets. And what I do is I'll take, I try to record, um, anytime I'm recording, I record for longer than I think mm-hmm. like the moment needs. Like I try to never, if I'm trying to record a set, never do a clip that's less than 30 seconds. 
just so I could use the audio if I need to. Okay. And what I do is I take a partial part of it, the most like mm-hmm. hype part of it, and I drag out the audio on either side and then put other clips on there. So the audio is only Got like it. synced up with the clip for like one big moment, mm-hmm. but the song is actually from the recording. Oh, interesting. Oh my gosh. That I would never would have thought about it that way. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I've, you've had so many great tips on your page too. Like obviously everybody go, go follow and support, but even just your advice I was watching of like how to shoot at nighttime so that your footage doesn't look super shitty. Like you, I think you said shoot and like cinematic. And I was like, okay, I got to try that. The next time that I go to a festival, like it's just helpful. And like low, yeah. Lower the exposure. Like people always like think like the phone just tries to like, um, make it brighter that mm-hmm. makes it look really bad and you can lower it way lower than you think. And it gives it like such a crisp, like expensive looking look. That's so great. Do you bring any other, cause it is crazy that you're shooting all this on your phone, but do you bring any other equipment with you at festivals? I have like a, yeah, just a light. Um, it's like, mm-hmm. a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice one. It's like a photography one, um, that you can like change all the dials and stuff on mm-hmm. to all the different colors, but, um, no, it's just, yeah. Just shoot I, yeah. And I have like, sometimes I use like a we have a little, little mic for interviews, but the mm-hmm. phone, the phone has AI for audio. That's why phone audio, like can often sound better than someone can capture on like their, like, on cameras. It's like a road mic mm-hmm. is usually what people use, but the phone is doing all this processing. Right. So the audio comes out so much cleaner. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. We're gonna have to go. To, and it's, it, it's a great, like we can attest to the fact that you don't need to go out and spend all this fucking crazy money and buy all this shit as well. Because I know even just from like the YouTube side of things, like I started, I think I had an iPhone six at the time and I just sat in front of a window, no microphone. Like that's how I started my YouTube channel. So you don't need, like anybody could start this. If you guys are interested in creating accounts, like literally just use your phone with what you have and just start creating the content, putting it out there. It'll just get better. And that, that is like also like the advice of I can give to anyone else about mm-hmm. stuff is, is literally just doing it like with whatever you have, like that, that's really the key to it. People, mm-hmm. people ask me all the time, like, how did you like get here? How did you yeah. do all this? You know, um, it's getting over like the fear of sharing and also getting over like perfectionism, like good enough. Like, that's also what I love about TikTok is like mm-hmm. it, things don't have to be perfect. Um, right. I edit it good enough. I I post always and I realize a mistake in it. Um, right. And, but I never take it down. You just move mm-hmm. on to the next video. Done is better than perfect. That's one of my favorite sayings. Yes. <laughs> I know perfectionists don't like that saying, but it's so <laughs> fucking true. You can't, you don't want to, especially, I don't know. I forget who told me this one time, but I, when I was working with like a lot of clients, when I was doing like social media coaching, a, a common uh, trend was that there was a lot of frustration and they were like, it's taking me fucking 30 minutes to edit this reel, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, here's the frustration. If it's taking you 30 to 40 minutes to edit a reel, like we need to cut that time way down because the reward may not be worth it for a 10 second TikTok. I was like, we need to eliminate how much time you're spending. Cause then you'll stop getting frustrated. So we just started working on like time management and I was saying like, if it's a 10 second TikTok, you're literally not spending more than 10 minutes on it where <laughs> you're saving your time. Totally. So the frustration that's, goes out the window. I think that's why a lot of artists get frustrated too, is they, when they try to do TikTok or like these, mm-hmm. they have too high of like, um, their own bar that they try to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends up backfiring in both ways. 
They, they spend so much time on it. It flops and it's overcomplicating something that can be way simpler. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We got to like, got to cut back. Yeah. Make things less complicated. Stop overthinking it so much and just like start, start posting and start getting your content out there. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's as much as my, my job is, is only a small part creating the content. Mm -hmm. So much more of it is directing. Um, it's like the marketing side of it. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm posting, writing all the captions, like, and it's, I, but I really think the biggest part of my job is the interpersonal part of it. Um, Mm -hmm. whether it's working with artists, um, and just like getting them comfortable, like feeling Mm -hmm. out and just like getting the shot through that. Um, yeah, that really can't be like underestimated how like much of like a, in, and that's what I like also about the phone is that Mm -hmm. like, it's not this like big separation between you and a person. You're just like right. trying to capture. Yeah. As they are. That's so true. Oh my God. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to work on those tips too. Cause I just started dabbling in like doing, um, like TikTok creation with an artist. I did that at EDC Orlando this past year. Uh, and then afterwards awesome. I was like, okay, I need to learn how to, cause I was nervous. It was my first time doing it too. And then afterwards I was like, okay, I need to get better at directing and instructions and not be like so nervous too, because they're looking to follow your lead. So that was like a lesson I took out of it. I was like, okay, next time we're going to come in with more ideas, more direction, and we'll just like keep getting better. Well, that's literally it. Like I, I always just am amazed with this is how much being a creative and artist content Mm -hmm. creator, it's like this whole spiritual process of like really learning to trust yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. You just have to be confident and just be like, and even if you don't feel sure in the moment, like you're the one there, like give it your best. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome advice. Okay. We're going to be trusting ourselves more this year. Uh, Before I let you go, do you have any plans for the year? Anything you can confirm like festivals you're planning to go to or anything like that? Yes. I think so the next month or so, uh, what I have coming up is I'll be at Gem and Jam with Ellis Dream, uh, first week nice. of February. Awesome. And then I'm going to EDC Mexico. Um, I'll be working on the EDC Mexico TikTok account and the following weekend is Okeechobee and I'll be doing Okeechobee's. Oh, yeah. Yay. Okay. I'll see you at Okeechobee then. I'm so excited. It's my favorite festival that I did last year. It's incredible. Big okay. fan of Okeechobee. Everyone's okay. This is gonna be so hot. Every time I bring it up, people have like the best things to say about the environment and stuff. So I'm getting very, very excited to to experience it. Yeah, I was blown away by it. Um, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, we'll see you there. Plug all your social handles. Where can everybody find you? Okay. Yes, I am Liz Haggerty. Uh, L I Z H A G E A R T Y. Um, on Instagram, on TikTok, Twitter, all of them. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time, Liz. Thank you guys so much for listening. You know, the, the drill rate review, subscribe, all the links will be down below and we will see you next Wednesday with a new episode. Bye guys.